Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Now, part two of our uh, biggest factors for the Pittsburgh Steelers 2020 season. Um, we're going to continue along with that rookie talk on the defensive side. Again, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, I am behind the steel curtain.com deputy editor, Michael Beck, also running the social media for, for the website and uh, interacting uh, with each and every one of you on that platform every day. So keep those tweets, uh, comments, and mentions going. Uh, it, it's fun. Uh, it's fun getting to work with each and every one of you. Um, but uh, if we can dive right back into um, right back into our uh, topic here to, today, um, and uh, just continue with our rookie talk, but now with our uh, defensive rookie uh, X factors, obviously the biggest one here and pro- potentially the only one who can uh, see some sort of uh, playing time uh, and uh, contributions as a rookie is one, Mr. Alex Highsmith. What's going to be interesting here, though, is how much playing time he really gets because, um, of course, the Steelers training camp, we've been hearing tons and tons about uh, Ole Denny and how he's kind of taken a step forward and projects to kind of be that third outside linebacker in the rotation. So if that's the case, and that makes Alex Highsmith the fourth outside linebacker at best on this depth chart. And there's still Tuzar Skipper, who's got some years on him already in the NFL um, that uh, could potentially even be ahead of him just because of his youth and the Steelers might just be keen to uh, let him uh, have a, a redshirt year of sorts, play on special teams. Um, but um, he is someone that I think will still get some snaps because of his pass rushing prowess. Something we saw a lot a year ago when TJ Watt or Bud Dupree needed to uh, hang out uh, on the sideline just to, to get to a little bit of a rest um, from those long drives that they're kind of forced to uh to uh, play through because the offense was turning the ball over so quickly is when Anthony Ciccolo was on the field as the third pass rusher. Um, he, uh, he struggled. He wasn't getting the quarterback or providing any pressure um, at anything uh, um, towards him at all there. But so, uh, and by him, I mean the quarterback, excuse me. But um, when, uh, when Alex Highsmith uh, enters this, uh, this team, he's going to, um, uh, probably see a little bit more of those pass rushing uh, scenario snaps. 
Um, namely because he was so good at Charlotte as a pass rusher. He was, I believe, third in the entire NCAA as a pass rusher um, uh, getting sacks, which is freaking insane uh, considering the school that he went to and uh, how they're in the, the D1 level. Uh, everyone knew that he was uh, taking those those primetime matchups. Um, he was taking, he was facing the double teams week in and out, but he was still able to put up, up over 15 sacks, which is pretty insane over the course of a 12 game college season um, playing at Charlotte, um, going up against teams like Clemson. And of course I've mentioned it before in the show, uh, Dabo Swinney giving him props, singling him out on that Charlotte team when they played uh, one another a year ago, how uh, much of a game record he was on the outside. Um, as Snowman says on the live chat, Highsmith will replace Bud Dupree next year. I completely agree. Um, I think uh, I think that's something that's just going to happen um, based on uh, Bud Dupree pricing himself out and then moving himself uh, up the lineup. The Steelers are, have been proactive, I think, in some of the losses they're kind of expecting to see um, in 2021. Alex Highsmith obviously being kind of the top name there. So for him not to get any pass rushing snaps this year, I think would be a shame because you kind of got to see what you got in him uh, and throwing him to the wolves next year on week one after like a season, not giving it any snaps would be a mistake. So giving uh, Alex Highsmith uh, some snaps here, and if he can make any sort of an impact, if he could chip in with three sacks, four sacks, that's, that's more than Chickala was uh, put up a year ago. Um, I think that's something that would be uh, super, super important to see um, go down. But I, I can't really see a Highsmith making too much of an impact just because TJ Watt's going to command so many snaps. Bud Dupree is getting paid crazy amount of money. Uh, and, and you're not just going to sit him on the sideline and see what you got in your guy from next year. So don't expect too much from Highsmith. But if he's able to contribute, um, that would only bode so well for this defense because then it allows guys like TJ and Bud to take a rest every now and then. And you know you're not going to skip a beat and uh, still be getting after the quarterback um, with Highsmith out on the field. And we can only hope that uh, that is something that happens. So moving kind of on to our, our next kind of talking point here and impacts, and that's going to be the depth of our inside linebackers and safeties. Obviously, when it comes to inside linebacker, I think there's a, a little more kind of thin uh, thinness, I suppose, to the position because outside of uh, Vince Williams and Devin Bush, there really isn't a whole lot there, especially with guys that have uh, snaps in the NFL. Ulysses Gilbert is uh, well atop the uh, atop that list of uh, depth at inside linebacker, but he never really played last year, especially uh, getting any inside linebacker snaps. The guy below him and someone I believe will thoroughly make this team is Robert Spillane. Uh, he was a difference maker in special teams and he will absolutely uh, deserves a spot on this team to do it again uh, in 2020, just because of how good he was. Um, we don't know what he can do on the defensive side of the ball though, as a linebacker. So if, uh, if he's your number four, your number three is Ulysses Gilbert. The Steelers obviously didn't draft anyone. They didn't sign anyone. So he is going to have a ton on his plate and a, a fair bit of pressure, I would say, um, namely because uh, we don't really know what, uh, what we still have left in Vince Williams, especially in the passing game, because at, at times he could be, um, I, I hate to say uh, someone that teams would pick on, but when he's out there, you know, he's more of a, a weaker link in the defense. Um, if 
if teams uh, just have a, the right personnel out there and he has to go one-on-one with a slot or a tight end, typically that's where uh, quarterbacks go on the opposing team is wherever uh, Vince Williams is. He's a beast in the run game. But uh, you don't want to have Vince out there in third and 12, third and eight, third and six on those definite passing downs because that's where teams are going to look. They're going to run uh, uh, slants over top of him if he's in zone coverage. And if he's lined up uh, in some sort of one-on-one matchup, uh, teams are going to try to abuse that uh, that kind of spot there. And the only thing that uh, is kind of in the way of uh, the Steelers having no one is this, this kind of uh, unknown in Ulysses Gilbert III. He is someone who is definitely uh, highly thought of by the organization because they didn't bring in that extra linebacker this offseason. So UG3 is going to uh, is going to be a really, really, really big factor. Um, if he can uh, if he can step on the field and uh, produce a lot on uh, third downs, he might start to eat away at some of uh, Vince Williams snaps on second and first down, which I don't think there's uh, necessarily anything wrong with. Um, it, it might hurt the running game at first, but uh, I think Ulysses is someone the Steelers probably should look at uh, getting more and more reps and uh, someone that if they do think is highly of, um, I think uh, he will uh, uh, eventually take over that starting inside linebacker spot, especially as uh, Vince uh, Williams continues to age. Um, before uh, we keep going on here with our safety depth, uh, Snowban, uh, thank you for throwing a $2 in with the super chat feature. He says, hit the like button, folks, please. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, like the show, comment. Uh, and if you're listening on our podcast platform, make sure to uh, uh, give us those five stars. Uh, leave a comment. Um, it it uh, only uh, helps us and helps us bring you more exciting and more great Steelers talk each and every week. So um, by all means, hit that like button, uh, subscribe, uh, comment, um, all that good stuff. Make sure you're telling your other Steelers buddies that we're doing this pretty much each and every day. As a matter of fact, we are doing this each and every day. So make sure you just keep tuning in and coming back. So Snowman, again, thank you for throwing a $2 into the tip jar there. Moving things back along with our safety depth. This is where things get a little more interesting because after Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, of course, both first rounders, there isn't a whole lot. Jordan Dangerfield, of course, is someone that's going to make this team once again, um, again, as a special teamer. But he doesn't—he hasn't taken too many snaps over the course of his career at safety. And uh, if he's the guy that's uh, hanging out uh, in that kind of uh, deep third, I think teams, again, would be looking at that matchup and saying, we're throwing the ball down there. But the Steelers did make some moves um, this offseason and one uh, fairly recently um, to kind of sure up that uh, defensive backfield. Obviously, they just signed Curtis Riley. Um, he is a cornerback slash safety, which is an interesting de- designation um, because he has played both. I think he's going to uh, he's going to contribute probably as both because as someone who's who, if he does make this team, would probably be the fourth safety on the roster. Um, uh, he would uh, definitely have to uh, play a little bit uh, on both sides there especially in special teams as well Riley of course uh he, he put up a ton of interceptions actually in 2018 before uh taking a step back a year ago um so it, it's going to be interesting to see really what the Steelers are getting out of him if he's going going to be the the missed tackler that they kind of had last year or if he's going to be um someone that um p- puts up those uh, interception numbers in the passing game um but I'm not too sure what we're getting with Curtis Riley. And if if that's the depth option the Steelers are going to go with, then hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a little bit more 2018 than we do uh, um, 
2019 out of him. Of course, the other name they brought in, uh, they drafted Antoine Brooks Jr. out of Maryland. Uh, I believe a sixth or uh, one of two. No, he was a sixth round pick at 198th overall, as a matter of fact. Antoine Brooks, that's going to be another interesting name, I think, uh, to see what he can potentially bring to this team. Typically, six rounders are guys that might not even be making this team. Of course, uh, the Steelers uh, a, a year ago, I believe uh, Sutton Smith was their sixth round pick. Uh, the outside linebacker slash fullback, which was a bit of an interesting uh, uh, mix uh, mix of players. Uh, he was cut and didn't uh, didn't see the regular season. Uh, I think dating back before that, there was that long snapper. That uh, name escapes me because he was beat out in training camp by uh, Steelers' current long snapper, Cameron Canada. So it's uh, the six-round pick is a bit of uh, throwing a dart at a dartboard sometimes. I guess we won't be able to know what we got in this guy, which pains me to say this because there is no preseason. Um, we're really going to have to wait until uh, week one, really, if he even makes the team to see what we got out of this guy. The Steelers coaches, obviously, you're going to see him in practice each and every day. But us as fans uh, and as a, a, us as bloggers, we, we really don't get too much access um, to this uh, very interesting, weird training camp that is 2020. Another name in that uh, safety room is Marcus Allen, who I think is slowly falling out of favor here, um, who uh, probably doesn't make this team in all honesty. Um, I don't think the Steelers are bringing other guys in if they think uh, Marcus Allen is someone who can kind of step up and uh, play a little bit more in specials, uh, contribute a little bit more as a backup safety. I think his, uh, I think his numbers are done. Uh, his days are numbered rather. And then, uh, when it comes to actually, uh, if there was an injury, I think depending on the strong or free position, you might see Cam Sutton or Mike Hilton uh, slotting back there before any of these backup guys, or they could bring in uh, a veteran free agent because there is still a long list of guys uh, that are, are safeties and just haven't been signed. It's really strange. Um, guys like uh, Tony Jefferson, um, former uh, Baltimore Ravens safety, uh, Rashad Jones, uh, former uh, defensive pairing with Minka Fitzpatrick in Miami, still both available. And uh, I think our guys that will definitely be claimed at some point, but that's um, probably going to happen more likely after an injury at some spot as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the, the inside linebacker and safety depth spots. Of course, um, there is even talk that Terrell Edmonds can move up and play some linebacker in those uh, passing situations. But if Ulysses Gilbert um, can step in and be as good as some of us are kind of hoping him to be, then uh, Terrell Edmonds wouldn't even necessarily have to do that and kind of continues to help uh, the depth at both sides, one helping the other. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. Moving on to our next talking point here is one Mr. Bud Dupree. Bud is a very interesting case this year because, of course, he broke out, totally broke out a year ago. Um, if it wasn't for his 11 and a half sacks, say if he put up another five sack season, I guarantee you Steelers fans would be calling this guy a bust. Uh, and I don't know if he necessarily gets that franchise tag des- designation that he did get uh, this past offseason. Uh, if Bud Dupree um, looks more like 2018, 17, 16, 15 Bud Dupree, the Steelers might be uh, more inclined to start playing some other guys ahead of him before the season even ends. But uh, if he continues to progress, um, if he can, if he has a better season than he did a year ago, then whoa, mama, watch out. The uh, Steelers defense is going to be extremely, extremely good. Uh, it, it already is, but getting a, a Bud Dupree putting up TJ, uh, TJ Watt like numbers, that, that only does wonders to this team. Um, we got a few people in the live chat here uh, mentioning how many sacks out of Bud Dupree. Of course, uh, Ezra Nehemiah saying he'll have 13 sacks this year. Mark Tobin saying 10 and a half. I'm curious, uh, each and every one of you listening right now, how many sacks do you think we're going to get out of Bud Dupree um, in uh, in 2020? Uh, George Tesson jumping in with 16, which would be insane because that would tie the record for sacks in a season uh, that James Harrison currently uh, holds from 2008. I am saying that's going to fall this year. Uh, I don't think Bud gets there. I think TJ Watt is the guy to do it, and I think this might be his uh, his 84 Marino year when he might pop off for 17 and a half, 18 sacks. But um, uh, and I mean that, uh, and Dan Marino having his best season, not being a pass rusher. So before everyone jumps on me in the live chat, I'm uh, I'm just throwing that out there <laughs> but um for bud to pretty get 16 sacks i'm telling you that would probably mean uh, a whole bunch of names probably got injured because got, these guys are going to take sacks away from one another because they're going to be beating each other the quarterback um and i think uh i i think it's one of those things that might affect to some guys pay because they might be this, the second guy in but uh they would have gotten the sack if if cam hayward wasn't there already if stefan to wasn't there already if watt wasn't there if dupree wasn't there if devin bush wasn't there because these guys are going to rack up the numbers. That front four has potential to have four guys go over 10 double-digit sacks, which is absolutely insane. And if Bud Dupree can continue on his development that he did a year ago, whoa, this team is going to be really, really, really hard to play against. Not only do they have a great secondary, their pass rush is swarming. Uh, the faster they get to the quarterback, I think it, the more it elongates um, Joe Hayden's career, the older he gets, the more he kind of slows down a little bit, the, the less he has to kind of, uh, stick with the guy for three and a half seconds, five seconds down the field, because the Steelers pass rush pass rush is in the lap of the quarterback that quickly. Uh, it really just helps, um, every other aspect of this game. So if Bud Dupree can be as good as he was a year ago, then the Steelers are going to be just all right. If he wasn't, then who? If, if he regresses a bit, he might get another deal in Pittsburgh. But if he continues on his path as well, he could move on uh, to greener pastures, um, to an organization that has a, a few more dollars in that salary cap um, that he is uh, desperately looking for. Um, next thing I want to touch on here, uh, outside of uh, the uh, the pass rush, outside of the offense, one of the biggest factors in the game is our special teams. It, it's a third of the game. Um, and and namely our kicking and punting. Whether or not uh, we think it's a big deal, it is. We saw what happened in 2018 when whatever happened to Chris Boswell completely shot his confidence, and the team struggled and honestly missed the playoffs because 
how poorly he was at kicking extra points and and the regular field goal. He bounced back a year ago, uh, and the Steelers, uh, if they had Ben Roethlisberger, um, they they were a playoff team. In 2018, if uh, if Chris Boswell looked like 2017 Chris Boswell, the Steelers are making the playoffs, and the, the Ravens aren't sitting here as two-time defending AFC North champions at this moment. So if that, uh, if that is the case, if we can get uh, consistency out of Boz again, this team is going to be completely fine. Uh, but if your kicker starts missing field goals and the Steelers got to go for two more, um, if, if they start uh, passing up uh, sh- short, shorter uh, 50 yarders, uh, like 50, 51 yarders, because they're worried about him having the leg to even get there. Like they were, in uh, 2018, then this team's going to struggle even even more. And then the thing that didn't quite bounce back was the punting game a year ago. And Jordan Berry, um, which it, who is in a very interesting spot right now, because the Steelers still haven't cut Corliss Waitman, who's the other punter on this team. When when you think about that right now, the Steelers have had a cut. I, I think they've made 14 cuts since the original 90 at the start of training camp because they got it, had that the 90 down to 80 because of the uh, the COVID cuts. Uh, the guys coming back from the COVID reserve list uh, forced other guys getting cut. The signing of Ray Ray McLeod, uh, that became official today. Uh, cut side Blacknall. Of course, they're both wide receivers, but you could have held on to uh, both of those guys um, if you cut one of your two punters. The Steelers holding on to two punters here speaks volumes because – I think Jordan Berry might potentially be on his last legs in Pittsburgh. I don't even know if he's going to make it out of this camp. Why why in the world would they keep an undrafted punter um, when you have to cut guys? They're moving out wide receivers. They're moving out corners. They're they're shuffling their roster a little bit, trying to find find some diamonds in the rough here. But they're keeping a punter instead uh, instead of some of these other guys, which screams out to me that there's something going on there. Uh, Jordan Berry struggled. His worst season was 2018 by far. I don't know what happened. Something was in the Kool-Aid for those for the kickers that year, and they both regressed like crazy. A year ago, he started off fine, but trailed off as the season went. He was sporadic with his kicks, spraying them all over the field, shanking them, kicking out of bounds. Um, it, uh, it's, it's a huge factor in this game. And you, you look at how the Ravens built their team uh, or built their special teams. They have a kicker that's damn near automatic and can kick 70 yarders if they really needed him to in Justin Tucker. And then their punter is uh, one of the best in the game as well. Uh, and uh, I hate to compare us to them, but that's one of the things that uh, I think is one of the game uh, points of the game that people don't really realize enough of how important it really is. Um, because the fact of the matter is um, they're not, uh, if they're not producing, then the Steelers aren't winning. Uh, if, if you're not getting that guaranteed point, uh, then good luck. If you're shanking the ball for four yards on your side of the 50 and the other, the opposition is starting their drives consistently on your, on your 30, 40 yard line, they're going to be putting up points over and over and over again. But if you're, if you're booting the ball down their 20 yard line, if you're coughing, cornering it and they got to go 90 yards, I'm telling you, teams aren't going to score. They're not going to be averaging 28 points against this defense. It's too good. Teams will not have four 90 yard drives a game against this defense. It's that good. The only way I think this team could be putting up points like that is if there's a ton of turnovers, which I suppose is always possible. um, Or if the, the punting game is subpar. 
uh, and the ball's just getting placed all over the field and long returns are allowed uh, because guys are have outrun the ball because the punter couldn't get it 40 to 50 yards downfield. So this is going to be really interesting, especially this punting situation to see where that winds up. Uh, I would have loved to see a punting co uh, competition. I know it sounds weird, love to see a punting competition, but what, how it probably would have worked is uh, they probably go punt for punt. Not, I, I don't think they go uh, first half, Barry, second half, Waitman. I think they go uh, punt one, it's you, punt two, it's you, and back and forth uh, until the end of camp. And then they cut uh, whoever struggles the most. Waitman in uh, 2018 had his best season in college when he's averaging over 45 uh, yards per punt. Uh, that's kind of where Barry was a year ago. But um, if uh, if Waitman can do that, but with a little more consistency, he can totally win that uh, punting job. So it's possible, but um, it is one of the biggest factors, especially um, one of the factors that I don't think enough of us really are talking about. Uh, because uh, because it's a kicking game, and you, you know what? It's not uh, it's not the sexy thing to talk about. But um, if the Steelers struggle in, in this aspect of the game, uh, it, it's something that uh, could hold them back when they're chasing a a fourteen win Ravens team a year ago. Uh, and and they're they are gunning for this AFC North title, and they need everything humming, everything uh, uh, all the gears meshing, uh, everything just working perfectly for them to do that because. They're going up against the league MVP who's going to be putting up points uh, with an improved defense. So if that's who they're chasing, the Steelers are going to need all every single aspect of the game just absolutely going um, in their favor. Otherwise, uh, it could be a little bit of an issue uh, when it comes to uh, trying to reclaim the AFC North. One more thing that I want to touch on before we wrap up here um, as one of the big factors Right now, the Steelers uh, in 2019 didn't have that trap game loss that they typically do. But um, that's mostly because uh, they were the team that was kind of the trap game for everybody else because they're missing their starting quarterback. And for a chunk of the year, we're playing their fourth string quarterback uh, as their starter. So the Steelers were kind of the trap team a year ago in some senses. But with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger and in the Mike Tomlin era, really over the course of my entire life, it seems like every year the Steelers struggle against one or two teams that they absolutely have no business struggling against. And it potentially costs them a, a, a higher ranking in the playoffs, uh, potentially a bye week, uh, potentially winning the AFC North. Um, it, it happened in 2018, happened in 2017 when the Steelers went 13-3. and three. Um, I believe their their three losses that year, uh, the Raiders, who was their trap game, they should have won that. If they did, first place in the division, they're not playing Jacksonville. When they lose to Jacksonville and that uh, unfortunate uh, Patriots, Jesse James caught at play. But again, a trap, a trap game costs them uh, something that uh, probably ends up in a playoff berth at the very, very least. Um, but um, it's, it's going to be one of those things the Steelers absolutely need to avoid. Obviously, um, I, I think the biggest trap game this season is uh, the second game against the Bengals. I believe it's week 10. Oh, man. It, the, what, what makes it a little bit different here is that um, they are a divisional foe. So they are going to have to uh, play them multiple times. And the, the, the divisional games, you don't necessarily take an opponent lightly, but uh, I suppose it's definitely uh, a possibility. So um, 
in 2020, the Steelers are probably, if they want to win the AFC North, at the very least need 12 wins. They have the second easiest schedule in football, so it's definitely possible, but they're going to have to win at least one of those games against the Ravens, and if they can win two, then 12 games is probably enough to win the AFC North. If uh, if they lose one of those games or potentially both of those games to the Ravens, then they're going to have to win a whole lot more of their other games, um, and that includes those trap games. So what uh, what's really going to happen here is if they lose that, uh, that trap game to a Cleveland or uh, – or, or to a Denver, as some are pointing out, or really the Giants, who in week one could be a, a potential trap game, but I wouldn't classify it as such because this team has uh, got a ton to prove. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's health is going to be the first thing anyone talks about when they talk about that week one matchup. So there, there's going to be some uh, the, those uh, those potentially trap games, especially if, t- uh, if teams get hit by the injury bug, or if, or if there's a game when they're playing a team that has say their starting quarterback uh, ends up on the COVID list and they still play the game that instantly becomes a trap game that, and especially if it, if it's one of those teams that have a great quarterback, like if they, when they go into Baltimore, say if Lamar Jackson ends up on that uh, reserve list, all of a sudden the Steelers are thinking, Oh, we got a cakewalk again. We're playing RG three, but we saw what happened a year ago. The Steelers didn't even, I know they wouldn't have made the playoffs regardless of uh, beating the Ravens that final week. But they didn't even give themselves that uh, opportunity because they uh, completely choked it away. It's going to be uh, it's going to be one of the bigger factors um, year in year out is winning the games they're supposed to win. That's one of the things the New England Patriots why they've had such a dominant run of terror. I, I know they've had a weaker division, but they take care of business. They always they beat up on the Bills, uh, they beat up on the Dolphins, they beat up on the Jets. They go six and zero in their division. Uh, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, um, and you know what? That's exactly what the Steelers are going to need to do. Um, I, I know there's an expanded playoff, so I think this team's going to be a playoff team no matter what. But uh, if they want to knock off Baltimore and uh, make the playoffs run through Pittsburgh, then they're going to uh, they're going to need to win those games that uh, they're supposed to win. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up here today. There's a ton of factors, of course. The biggest one uh, we really didn't touch too much on, but that Ben Roethlisberger elbow, uh, everyone already knows what's going on there. If Big Ben's good, then this team, uh, look out. It's a potential Super Bowl team. Um, again, thanks for listening uh, to parts one and two of uh, the biggest X factors in this uh, in this 2020 season. I pre- appreciate each and every one of you uh, sitting here uh uh, catching the show with me and if you're listening on our podcast platform make sure to uh like the show uh and share a comment uh, make sure to rate us five stars give us a like if you're listening on youtube and subscribe um thanks again for uh, uh for sitting along with me guys and again one last time before i get out here it is follow friday so make sure you're uh to, to following our uh our, our man today mr uh, dave schofield um who is our um our follow friday of the day um before uh before we uh uh send it out here snowman throws five dollars in the tip jar um he said let's let us all wish uh, ron rivera good luck as he's battling cancer yes i couldn't agree more snowman um ron rivera we uh we here at btsc and I, i'm sure the steelers organization the nfl family is uh wishing you well so ron rivera you're gonna kick uh, cancer's uh, rear end and uh I'm I'm hopeful and excited to see you on the season uh, on the sidelines this season for Washington. Um, as I sign out here, guys, uh, again, uh, thank you for uh, hanging out with me. Um, I'm Michael Beck, deputy editor behind the steel curtain.com. And if you haven't already, make sure to tune into part one. Um, 
Again, I'm Michael Beck. Make sure you're checking out to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Have a great night, guys, and enjoy your